Well, we've got the Lord's Prayer. I really like the uh, Tuesday of the first week of Lent because we have the Lord's Prayer. It's an inexhaustible treasure and fountain of knowledge and, and wisdom. And it's a beautiful thing because it's the words that Christ himself has given to us so that when we pray it, it's like Jesus is in us praying. Okay, so this is a wonderful thing. He's uh, an intercessor for us in so many ways. Of course, first and foremost, he's an intercessor for us by dying on the cross. Uh, but all the more so, in, in a special way, he's given us these words. It's his words. It's he, He's in us and he's praying um, for us on our behalf when we pray the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to focus on the very final clause. I think it was two years ago. I know that you remember every single one of my homilies and everything I say from, from year to year. But I think it was two years ago that I spoke about the final clause of our Father. And I'm going to continue to talk about it, a little bit about the nature of temptation. So at the end of the last clause, it says, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, this year, though, unlike the two years ago, I'm going to tie it into Christ a little bit more and kind of get into a little bit more detail about the nature of temptation. And it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It could, also say, it could also mean deliver us from the evil one, meaning deliver us from the devil. Okay, So lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Um, temptation here... Uh, in the Bible, temptation can be used in one or two senses. Temptation can be the solicitation to commit sin, but temptation can also be the actual commission of sin, the yielding to the solicitation, okay, the falling into spiritual destruction and ruin. Okay? And in, that's actually what it means in this case. The perfect parallel, and this I'm going to tie it into Christ's agony in the garden. Okay, So I see a lot of parallels between Christ's agony in the garden and the Lord's prayer. In the agony in the garden, Christ falls down on his knees and he says, Abba, Father. It's very interesting, the Gospel of Mark, it's recorded Christ's Aramaic, that's the language that he spoke 2,000 years ago uh, in the days of his earthly ministry. He spoke this particular language and Mark is the one Gospel that actually uses the literal Aramaic words that Jesus uh, used, Abba, if it be possible, may this cup pass from me, yet not my will, but may your will be done. And uh, Christ is God, but he's also a man, and he has a fully human will. And so in that instance, what was taking place is Christ's human will was coming into alignment with the divine will. It was submitting to the divine will. And that's our task. Our human will has to come into alignment with God's will for us. And that's not going to happen in our lives if we don't pray. That's a really, really key thing. Prayer is so essential, so important. Every day we have to pray. We have to ask God to give us holy will that's subordinated to his will, that's in submission to his will. Otherwise, we're going to go crazy and we're going to commit sin and we're going to fall into temptation and fall out of God's grace, fall uh, away from uh, salvation. So uh, in the garden, he says, Abba, Father. You know, Abba is this Aramaic word that means like daddy. So it, it denotes the intimacy. And, and that's how we should be thinking about the Our Father. It's a, it's a really intimate relationship that we have with God. We're calling him daddy in a, in a, certain, a certain sense. And Christ is calling him daddy through us because these are Christ's words. Um, 
Well, the nature of temptation, you know, the, the devil tempted Christ in the desert, and we just heard that this past Sunday. Um, uh, but it's very interesting because that account of Christ's temptation in the desert ends by saying the devil left him until an opportune time, meaning the devil left him only just for a little bit, but he's going to come back. And the devil came back big time, of course, all throughout the Passion. So, you know, the the one artistic really piece that, that captures this well, and I call it artistic piece because it's very well done, is Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. That movie is a very well done movie. And uh, he depicts the devil being with Christ all throughout um, his passion throughout the agony in the garden. So if you remember, the movie opens up with Christ's agony in the garden and the devil's like sneaking on his side and he's saying, you know, are you really the son of God? And <laughs> oh, God has abandoned you and all this kind of stuff. Um, and so that kind of cinematic portrayal is very accurate, actually, I think, to the truth of the Bible, the truth of what really happened in, in Christ's passion and the agony. And so Christ went through all of those temptations, though. He did it on our behalf. So we can do it, too, because we're going to be faced with temptation, and we don't want to fall into temptation. How, how does temptation work? How, do, uh, how does a, a person, unfortunately, get delivered into the hands of the, of the devil? Well, you have to understand that the human person consists of a, a higher part and a lower part. Okay? The higher part is our intelligence and our will, okay? our free will. The lower part is our senses, our imagination, the, um, the, the memory, our sensible memory. All of us have different memories. I mean, I can recall visual effects from when I was probably three, four years old. I have a very distinct memory of the doctor's office once when I was probably four years old. I can, I can remember the cold feel on my skin of the, the scale that I was being weighed on. I mean, you know, we have these sorts of, those memories in our, in us. Uh, our dreams consist of those sensible memories. And then we've got the emotions that have, that are grounded in our senses and in our imagination and in our memories. Um, fear and uh, uh, affection. There's affection that's rooted in the will, but then there's really, there is a kind of love that's, that's rooted more in our um, lower part of our body, um, lower part of our soul and in our body. And that lower part of ourselves, we have that in common with animals. Okay, uh, so you know, animals can. You know, my dog was very affectionate when I was growing up. You know, but she didn't have intelligence and free will to make a ch- choice to love me. All right, so she didn't, <laughs> she didn't have that higher kind of love. She just had this kind of animal love. All right, so there's a higher and a lower element to human beings, uh, and that higher element we don't have that in common with animals. And uh, that part of us was created from nothing in the womb of our mother from God, created out of, out of nothing. And he created our soul and he infused it into the, into the uh, body. Um, that's the spiritual part of ourselves. That's the part that the devil, devil really wants. He wants us to make a choice contrary to God's will. But how he gets us to do that, he has no power over our will. He has no power over our will. Our will is what always belongs to us. But he does have, because he's a pure spirit and he's very powerful, he has power over matter. You know, you've heard the expression mind over matter. Well, spirit is more fundamental than matter. So the devil, being a pure spirit, has some kind of control over matter. He can influence our imagination. He can influence our emotions. 
He can influence our senses even. So at that lower level of our part, that's where the temptation comes in. And he, so he solicits, us, he solicits us to make a bad choice. And he does it through the lower part of our soul and through our body. And uh, we can experience that conflict. It's a conflict. And it's the same kind of conflict that Christ went through in the desert. It's the same kind of conflict he went through in the agony in the garden. But because Jesus was victorious over that temptation, we too can be, tempt- can be victorious over that temptation. That's why he says to the disciples in the garden of Gethsemane, he says, pray, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation, that you do not fall into sin. Okay, watch and pray. He says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So what he means by that is the higher part of us is oriented towards God, but we're still going to be tempted by the devil through the lower part of us, the flesh, what he refers to as the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Therefore, pray and have confidence in Christ who has overcome the temptations of the devil, who has, through his perfect obedience to the will of God, paved the way for us to be obedient to God's will so that the victory of the risen Christ can be manifest in our lives. And we can be really victorious over sin. We don't have to lay down and let the devil walk all over us and, let, and, and commit sins. We don't have to. Because Jesus has fought the battle for us and he's won. So uh, there's a whole process of sanctification that takes place by God's grace. And that lower part of our soul and our body that's kind of uh, unruly and kind of wild and doesn't really want to do God's will, it can be healed of its wounds and it can be brought back into alignment with the will of God. And that experience of that difference between the spirit and the flesh diminishes, 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 and more and more as we grow in the Holy Spirit, we uh, it, we find it more and more easy to do God's will and delightful. And, and it's something that we enjoy obeying God's will and exercising the virtues. Um, But it's because Christ, because Christ suffered in the garden. He suffered on the cross. He was tempted just like us. Okay, He went before us, and so through the power of Christ in us, we can overcome the temptations of the devil, and we can, through prayer, say, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the grasp of the devil from the grasp of the evil one. Today, my brothers and sisters, as we celebrate the Eucharist, as we receive communion, let's be mindful that it's that in Holy Eucharist, it's the victorious resurrected Jesus, who's been victorious over temptation, has been victorious over sin, who is now in us through communion and has and given us that same kind of power and that same kind of victory.